0: Halloween this uh one day it be Halloween so um I um wanted to do this uh live and uh sit down and uh listen <laughs> Raven by Edgar Allan Poe
1: Once upon a midnight dreary While I pondered, weak and weary Over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore While I nodded, nearly napping Suddenly there came a tapping As of someone gently rapping rapping at my chamber door. To some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember. It was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, from my books surcease of sorrow, sorrow for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore, nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before so that now to still the beating of my heart i stood repeating "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door this it is and nothing more presently my soul grew stronger hesitating then no longer sir said i or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore, but the fact is I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door. That I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door, darkness there, and nothing more. Deep Lenore. Merely this and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning, soon again I heard a tapping somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see then what thereat is, and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, nothing more. Open here I flung the shutter, when, with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, not a minute stopped or stayed he. but with the mien of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat and nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore, Though thy crest be shorn and shaven, thou, I said, art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore, tell me what the lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled Then the bird said, Nevermore. Startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken, Doubtless, said I. What it utters is its only stock in store, Caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster Followed fast and followed faster till his songs One burden bore, till the dirges of his hope That melancholy burden bore of never, nevermore. But the raven still beguiling all my fancy into smiling. Straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust in door. Then upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing, to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining, On the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er, Whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er, She shall press, ah, nevermore. Then, methought, the air grew denser, Perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim, whose foot falls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee. By these angels he hath sent thee. Respite, respite and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, O oh, quaff this kind nepenthe of and forget this lost Lenore. Quoth the Raven, Nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether tempest tossed thee here ashore, desolate yet all undaunted, on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore. Is there Is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me I implore, quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that god we both adore. Tell this soul with sorrow laden, if within the distant Aden. It shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven. Nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend, I shrieked upstarting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie that soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken, quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out of my heart, and take thy form from off my door." Quoth the raven, Nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming. And the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. Best reading (laughs) Red Frost Motivation (laughs) And
0: more, more (laughs) The Telltale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe Dramatic reading Read by G.M. Danielson. Very, 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 dreadfully nervous I have I been and am, but, <laughs> but why will you say that I am mad? The disease. senses, not destroyed, not dulled them. Above all was the sense of hearing acute. I heard all things in heaven and in the earth. I heard many things in hell. Now oh then, how am I mad? Hearken and observe how healthily... How calmly I can tell you the whole story it is impossible to say how first the idea entered my brain but once conceived it haunted me day and night object there was none passion 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 there was none I loved the old man He had never wronged me. He had never given me insult. For his gold I had no desire. I... I think it was his eye. Yes, it was this. He had the eye of a vulture. A pale blue eye with a film over it. Whenever it fell upon me, my blood ran cold. so, by degrees. Very gradually, I made up my mind to take the life of the old man and thus rid myself of the eye forever. Now this is the point, you fancy me mad, Mad madmen know nothing, but you should have seen me, you should have seen how wisely I proceeded, with what caution, with what foresight with what dissimulation I went to work. I was never kinder to the old man than during the whole week before I killed him. And every night, about midnight, I turned the latch of his door and opened it, oh so gently. And then, when I had made an opening sufficient for my... my head, I put in a dark lantern all closed closed so that no light shone out and then i thrust in my head oh. you would have laughed to see how cunningly i thrust it in <laughs> i moved it slowly very very slowly so that i might not disturb the old man's sleep it took me to place my whole head within the opening, so far that I could see him as he lay upon this bed. Ha! Would a madman have been so wise as this? And then, when my head was well in the room, I undid the lantern cautiously. So cautiously, cautiously, for the hinges creaked. I undid it just so much that a single thin ray fell upon the vulture eye. And this I did for seven long nights, every night just at midnight, but I found that the eye was always closed, and so it was impossible to do the work, for it was not the old man who vexed me, but his evil eye. And every morning, when the day broke, I went boldly into the chamber and spoke courageously to him, calling him by name in a hearty tone and inquiring how he passed the night. So you see, he would have been a very profound old man indeed, to suspect that every night, just at twelve, I looked in upon him while he slept. Upon the eighth night, I was more than usually cautious in opening the door. A watch's minute hand moves more quickly than did mine. Never before that night had I felt the extent of my powers, my sagacity. I, I could scarcely contain my feelings of triumph, to think that there I was, opening the door little by little, and he not even to dream of my secret deeds or thoughts. <sighs> I very chuckled at the idea, and perhaps he heard me if I moved on the bed suddenly as if startled. Now you may think that I drew back, but no. His room was as black as pitch with the thick darkness, for the shutters were close fastened through fear of robbers. And so I knew that he could not see the opening of the door, and I kept pushing it on steadily steadily i had my head in and was about to open the lantern when my thumb slipped upon the tip fastening and the old man sprang up in bed crying out who's there i kept quite still and said nothing for a whole hour i did not move a muscle and in the meantime i did not hear him lie down He was still sitting up in the bed, listening. Just as I have done, night after night, hearkening to the death watches in the wall. Presently, I heard a slight groan, and knew it was the groan of mortal terror. It was not a groan of pain or grief, oh no! It was the low, stifled sound that arises from the bottom of the soul when overcharged with awe. I knew the sound well. Many a night, just at midnight, when all the world slept, it has welled up from my own bosom, deepening with its dreadful echo the terrors that distracted me. I say I knew it well. I knew what the old man felt and pitied him although I chuckled at heart. I knew that he had been lying awake ever since the first noise, when he had turned in the bed. His fears had ever been growing upon him. He had been trying to fancy them causeless, but could not. He had been saying to himself, It is nothing but the wind in, in the chimney. It is only a mouse crossing the floor. Or, It is merely a cricket which has made a single chirp. Yes, he had been trying to comfort himself with these suppositions, but he had found all in vain, all in vain, because death, in approaching him, had stalked with his black shadow before him and enveloped the victim. And it was the mournful influence of the unperceived shadow that caused him to feel, although he neither saw nor heard, to feel the presence of my head within the room. When I had waited a long time, very patiently, without hearing him lie down, I resolved to open a little, a very, very little crevice in the lantern. So I opened it. You cannot imagine how stealthily stealthily, until at length a simple dim ray, like the thread of a spider, shot out from the crevice and fell full upon the vulture eye. It was open, wide, wide open, I grew furious. As I gazed upon it, I saw it with perfect distinctness, all a dull blue, with a hideous veil over it that chilled the very narrow of my bones. But I could see nothing else of the old man's face or person, for I had directed the ray, as if by instinct, upon the damned spot. And have I have I not told you that what you mistake for madness is... is is, is is but over acuteness of the sense. Now I say there came to my ears a low, dull, quick sound, such as a watch makes when enveloped in cotton. I knew that sound well, too. It was the beating of the old man's heart. It increased my fury, as the beating of a drum stimulates the soldier into courage. But even yet, I refrained and kept still. I scarcely breathed. I held the lantern motionless. I tried how steadily I could to maintain the ray upon the eye meantime the hellish tattoo of the heart increased it grew quicker and quicker and louder and louder every instant The old man's terror must have been extreme It grew louder I say louder every moment Do you mark me well I I have told you that I am nervous so I am. And now, at that dead hour of the night, amid the dreadful silence of that old house, so strange a noise as this excited me to uncontrollable terror. Yet, for some minutes longer, I refrained and stood still. But the beating grew louder, louder! I thought the harp must burst. And now, a new anxiety seized me the sound would be heard by a neighbor. The old man's hour had come. With a loud yell, I threw open the lantern and leapt into the room. He shrieked once, once only. In an instant, I dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him. I then smiled gaily to find the deed so far done. But for many minutes the heart beat on with a muffled sound. This, however, did not vex me. It would not be heard through the wall. At length it ceased. <laughs> the old man! Was was DEAD! Was DEAD! <laughs> I removed the bed and examined the corpse. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. He was stone, stone dead. I placed my hand upon the heart and held it there for many minutes. There was no pulsation. He was stone dead. <sighs> His eye would trouble me. No. If you still think me mad, you will think so no longer when I describe the wise precautions I took for the concealment of the body. The night waned, and I worked hastily, but in silence. First of all, I dismembered the corpse, I cut off the head, and the arms, and the legs. I then took up three planks from the floor of the chamber and deposited all between the scantlings. I then replaced the boards. So oh, cleverly, so cunningly, that no human eye, not even his, could have detected anything wrong. And there was nothing to wash out. No stain of any kind. No blood spot, whatever. I had been too wary for that. Tarp had caught it all. <laughs> When I had made an end of these labors, it was four o'clock, still dark as midnight. As the bell sounded the hour, there came a knocking at the street door. I went down and opened it with a light heart, for what had I now to fear? There entered three men who introduced themselves in perfect suavity as officers of the police. A shriek had been heard by a neighbour during the night, suspicion of foul play had been aroused, information had been lodged at the police office, and they, the officers, had been deputed to search the premises. <laughs> I smiled, for what had I to fear? I bade the gentlemen welcome. The shriek, I said, was my own in a dream. The old man I mentioned was absent in the country. I took my visitors all over the house. I bade them search. Search well. I led them at length to his chamber. I showed them his treasures. Secure. Undisturbed. In the enthusiasm of my confidence, I brought chairs into the room, and des- I desired them to sit here and rest themselves from their fatigues, while I myself, in wild audacity of my perfect triumph, placed my own seat upon the very spot beneath which reposed the corpse of the victim. The officers were satisfied. My manner had convinced them. I was singularly at ease. They sat, and while I answered cheerily, they chatted of familiar things. But But, but ere long I felt myself getting pale and wished them gone. My, my head ached, and I fancied a ringing in my ears. But they sat and still chatted. The ringing became more distinct. It continued and became more distinct I-, I talked more freely to get rid of the feeling but it continued and gained a definiteness until at length i found that the noise was not within my ears no doubt now i grew very pale but I- but i talked more fluently with a heightened voice. Yet the sound increased, and what could I do? It was a low, dull, quick sound, much as a sound a watch makes is when enveloped in cotton. I gasped for breath, and yet the officers heard it not. I, d- I talked more quickly, more vehemently, but the noise steadily increased. I arose and argued about trifles in a high key with fine gesticulations, but the sound steadily increased. Why would they not be gone? I paced the floor to and fro with heavy strides, as if excited to fury by the observations of the men. But the noise steadily increased. Oh God, what could I do? I foamed, I raved. I swore. I swung the chair upon which I had been sitting and grated it upon the boards. But the noise arose over all and continually increased. It grew louder, 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 and still the men chatted pleasantly and smiled. Was it possible they heard not? Almighty God, no, no! Oh no, they heard, they suspected they knew. They were making a mockery of my horror. This I thought, and this I think. Anything was better than this agony. Anything was more tolerable than this derision. I could bear those hypocritical smiles no longer. I felt I must scream or die. And now again, hark. Louder. 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 Villains! I shrieked. Dissemble no more! I admit the deed. Tear up the planks! Here, here! It is the beating of his hideous heart.
1: Yeah, so,
0: um, just, uh,
1: scary stuff. (laughs) Next time.